Welcome back to the Industrial Automation Insider podcast series. My name is Matt Van Bogart, and I'm Senior Business Development Manager at Zebra. Today, I'm really excited to be talking with Alex Whiting, the founder of MyTech, uh, about the role of industrial automation technologies in some very specific uh, uh, reverse logistics applications. This podcast is being recorded at the beginning of 2024. Now that we're into what we call peak returns season, I'm sure that there are many of you recognizing areas where you could improve the, re the reverse logistics process in your business, especially if products are being sent back to a warehouse for restocking, redistribution, et cetera. Then again, you may just be focused on recovering reusable packaging supplies, bins, totes, pallets, other tools that are used in your processes that hit your bottom line. So now that we've had an opportunity to kind of set the stage for this conversation, I want to thank Alex for spending time with us today, sharing a little bit about his business, his background, and various areas of expertise. Alex, welcome to the Industrial Automation Insider Podcast. It's a pleasure to be here excited to have a chat with you around uh automation and reverse logistics in particular it's an area we spend a lot of time on here at my tech and with our customers so um yeah happy to happy to sit and talk about that and um hopefully share some insight yeah fantastic yeah it's interesting because you know the term peak season really wasn't a thing maybe even a decade ago I think obviously the Amazons of the world and 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 and, and online buying and e-commerce has driven the concept around peak and what that means for you know certain certain mar markets, um, and certainly you know, the the reverse logistics side of that is probably as complex, if not more complex than uh, than the peak side. So here we are in the beginning parts of 2024 talking about some of these use cases, et cetera. <clears throat> so it, it feels like there's been a significant focus on improving fulfillment operations over the course of maybe like the last five or so years. Yeah. Uh, COVID has accelerated the uh, demand on supply chains. Um, however, you know, to your point, we're starting to see some more discussion around reverse uh, logistics, et cetera. What are you seeing in the market in terms of demand? Are you seeing more demand for your solutions? Is it somewhat stabilizing? Um, or are you seeing even more opportunities for, uh, for companies to focus on their reverse logistics applications? Yeah, I think, first of all, I've been in the industry here for over 20 years now. And um, you're right, we saw peak as probably Christmas um, for most retailers or, or logistics companies linked to those retailers. I would say now that retailers have got a broader product line, so they're selling different things. Therefore, it's peak for different reasons mm. throughout the year, depending on the department. I think I've also seen in our marketplace, um, you know, I worked in organizations where it was mobile computing and it was tablets and it was data capture scanning through barcodes. And we set my tech up uh, three or four years ago now to look at the next level of that or the next 
journey forward step. So RFID, mm -hmm. automated data capture, those sorts of things. And I think that one of the things that COVID did have an impact on was the need for end users, customers, and our customers, the supply chain and retailers, to speed up their um, roadmap to get more automated with how they're capturing data mm -hmm. or get technology in place that allowed them to, um, you know, automate some of the data they want to capture, whether it was a menu at a restaurant or the way that you order in a store or the way you collect in a store or the way orders are fulfilled. Um, so I think that the last two or three years for us, um, the timing's been um, good because we've seen customers say, I need to move that extra step forward. I need to think about automation now because actually my customers were probably asking for it pre-COVID, but mm -hmm. now it's kind of a given. Um, and we, you know, we had this 15 years ago. We used to fill in tenders for... Um, with logistics companies and proof of delivery was something you were asked, could you do? And mm -hmm. you know, two, yeah. two or three years later, it was a prerequisite because the yeah. retailers were asking for it because the customer was asking for it. So I think, I think we find that now, I think we find there are certain demands that a customer is putting on that supply chain. That means that we've got to have the technology to be able to deliver on that end end customer yeah. uh, perspective. Yeah, it's interesting that you talk about proof of delivery because as I'm sitting in my home office, the window to my left looks uh, directly at my front door. And every time a, 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 a box is delivered by any number of carriers here in North America, um, I always look over and see I'm taking a picture of the, uh, the box on my doorstep. So that's, that's great. <clears throat> so a couple of things that I want to kind of maybe dig into based upon what you just said is, okay, so maybe this is a two-part question. First part is what is the role of the workforce having on your customers in terms of, you know, hard to hire, you know, not enough people to fulfill jobs. And then as an add on, how is that driving the adoption of industrial automation technologies? And what are the types of maybe use cases that you're seeing, uh, customers adopting based upon either their workflows or or lack of labor yeah i think it's not only lack of labor i think it's choice for people so um you've got to be at a scale in those peak periods mm. um scale up and scale back down so having solutions that are easy to use or automated or just a little bit more automated than, than they were before. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I was 15 screens, I'm now five, or, you know, I'm using a robot to do the walking between the picking areas and I'm just picking mm -hmm. all day, or I'm using RFID to um, ensure I've got the right stock to fulfill those orders. If not, I'm moving those orders to another mm -hmm. store or another location. I think automation plays a part in creating the availability of stock or of items and then i think um we still use people to fulfill some of that but they've got the technology to support them so perhaps they're happier it's a happier work life it's a happier role that they're in that probably improves retention so sure. you know hard to hire and hard to keep mm -hmm. um i think technology plays a role in 
those areas where it is hard to hire um, because you can sometimes use technology to fill those gaps. But it certainly plays a role in customer retention or sorry, employee retention mm-hmm. and improved customer service. So therefore, probably customer retention as well. And, you know, as consumers, we'll buy from everywhere. Um, but once we get a couple of good experiences, mm-hmm. we might stick with what we know, stick with what's easy. So buy goods, return them, get your money back quickly, go somewhere else, buy them again. We want we want that ability to be able to shop around without having our money tied up. And our money is often tied up because the goods are still tied up yeah. waiting for a refund. So I think um, I think to answer your first question, what role does, does a workforce or a hard-to-hire workforce have in automation? Yeah, for sure, it's sped things up. You know, people know that they've got to have technology in place to um, to cover those gaps or to allow them to, to grow quicker than they than they plan to. Mm-hmm. Um, how does it? How how's the adoption going? I think the people you're hiring are, are getting used to. We're in a generation now where they're getting used to technology, so. It's kind of like, why haven't you got it? Uh, the last place I was at did have it. Oh, you know, sure, yeah, yeah. You know, the last place I was shopping captured that data. So I think, um, I think there's a bit of that as well. I think there are leaders and laggers, and but mm-hmm. there's less lag. There's less laggers, and everyone's in this middle ground where they're adopting the bits. Now here at MyTech, we talk a bit about um, looking at the whole problem end to end and spotting where the quick wins are. So how can you adopt technology? with the least amount of hassle, maybe the lowest amount of spend, but the maximum amount of return. Where are those quick wins? But equally, what does the journey look like? You know, we want to take you on a three or four year journey. We see that with a lot of the technology that Zebra provide. You know, you start with a barcode and you get into RFID and then you finish with machine vision. I think Mm -hmm. those three, if you line them up on a, on a production line, on a supply chain, you'd use them all on that journey for returns or for picking and, and shipping sure. or whatever. Yeah. So uh, I think, you know, customers, our customers are able to look at all of those technologies and pick what they want to make quick improvements rather than big bang. How do I improve something? And it taking two years to do it. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good. So you mentioned machine vision here a couple of minutes ago. Um, yeah. Are you seeing interest in machine vision for you know, you know quality inspection or for certain aspects of returns, or or are you still seeing a heavy reliance on on people to manage that process? I think a bit a mix of both, depending on who depending on what the product is. I think machine vision and and, um, and RFID technologies are really handy to help um, people know, customers know that the goods are back in the building so they could be resold, so they could be restocked, so they could be reused. Um, I think the inspection part, machine vision, is hugely, hugely impactful on that. But the adoption of that, you know, that's next in this step. I feel like that's coming. That mm-hmm. There are some people doing it. And, you know, I would say that manufacturing, it's going to be one of those areas where you get a big win out of doing it. Um, but in retail or, or logistics, perhaps that visual inspection is still there on returns. 
um, maybe because of the volume of returns mm -hmm. or maybe because of the simplicity of what's being returned. So I think um, fixed scanning RFID, really, really important to speed up that returns process to start with. Machine vision, I think that's coming. You know, we would see more machine vision um, happening maybe in the... Um, in the in the in the front end the retail end where you're looking at age verification or you're looking at you know speeding up what might happen at a self-checkout and and things like that but it's certainly coming into automation yeah sure sure yeah so what are the biggest pain points you know, you're solving for your customers in the in the reverse logistics area now uh, are you are you seeing them having to re-engineer processes to accommodate uh, technology or is the technology facilitating new and more efficient ways of your customers uh, uh, handling uh, handling various aspects of their returns yeah I think I think both I think the the biggest um, thing that we spend our time on is asset visibility okay. so you know what have I got What's gone out? What's coming back? What can I use? What can't I use? What's the state of it? So I think that um, technology does solve those issues, but you do need to re-engineer some of your processes to make sure that they are being used well. You know, it's not tech for tech's sake. Sure. It's tech because it makes sense. Um, so, yeah, I think um, I think people are looking at their processes or looking at their profitability and thinking, where can I use technology quickly or, or in the most efficient way to solve the majority of the problem? And returns for me is definitely one of those. You know, the ability to um, see what's available and not over order or over stock um, is huge. Um, you know, it helps around, helps drive that sustainability within a business, it helps drive that kind of reusing and recycling. Um, in a business, you know, I think it's it's a massive part of um, of what a business wants to achieve. So Zebra is certainly driving um, technology um, trends that allow people to be more sustainable and um, and think about those areas of their business. Sure, sure. So let's talk a little bit, possibly change change direction slightly, and talk a little bit about you know various technologies and return on investment. Do you have any recommendations on what customers should be looking at in terms of, you know, first steps down their down their journey of adopting either RFID or fixed scanning? You know, a couple of things that you mentioned here recently. Are there are there specific things that you can point to that are absolutely low hanging fruit when it comes to adopting new technology, improving processes, providing better uh, uh, customer satisfaction that leads to a faster or greater return on investment. Yeah, we we talk to a lot of customers about loss. You know, I've lost something, can't sure. find something, can't view it. And I think that's the biggest one of the biggest pain points for anybody of any size really. You know, even we have it as a small business. What have I got and where is it? Mm -hmm. And um you know, I'd say over the last 10 years I've I've heard some stories of um you know, retailers on their on their website saying you know setting the bar so high to the amount of stock they've got before they say out of stock and 
making sure they've got enough items in their supply chain because they don't want to miss out on that sale. So the ability to be able to see what you've got, use it wisely, um, is huge. So there's a, there's a big return on investment there because you're potentially buying less. I think staff retention and 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 satisfaction mm -hmm. is important. Mm -hmm. It costs a lot of money to hire the right people and keep the right people. So I think good point. That's an area where um, technology used in the right way. That's been, I guess, the advice has been given from the users on it can really really drive more retention and in in the end a better service and um yeah i think maybe in the end um you know we talk a lot about reordering customers reordering are they coming back or are they shopping around if you get an average experience you probably shop around because it's yes. about price yes if you get um if you get a good experience you're probably happy to pay a dollar more or pound more um for something because it 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 was easy and it was and it worked yeah, that's a really good point. You know, I think maybe 10 or 15 years ago, the perspective of, of the consumer or maybe even the retailers themselves would be, you know, that uh, the online buying e-commerce would be the great leveler of the customer experience. And I think what I've recognized is that I've become as loyal to particular brands that I've purchased from online primarily because of their service, because of the flexibility that they have, their delivery times, et cetera. And so, you know, I've, I've, I've found different ways to separate my online retail experience than my walk-in store retail experience. Yeah. I may have been loyal to a brand, you know, 15 years ago because of the experience that I got inside the store. And I think the perception years ago was like, well, that all goes away and consumers only want to buy from uh, the cheapest the, the cheapest website that they can find something from and the reality is is that uh, that's not true i think no i, no, I think consumers not. will pay for convenience and they'll pay for items in stock even if they could find a cheaper price someplace else that may have a week delayed delivery time and so i think i think retailers and brands need to have this perception that the shift in consumer thinking has 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 definitely changed. And there are things that retailers can do for online purchases and buyers to create that type of loyalty. And I think, I think, you know, Alex, this, this goes into our entire conversation that the, that on this particular topic, reverse logistics, the better, easier, faster, less frictionless way of providing that experience to a customer actually helps create some of that loyalty i think so yeah i was going to say that i think that you know we we go out less and try clothes on as an example in store but then you find a pair of jeans that fit um now you've probably got to buy three pairs because you're between sizes depending on the, for me anyway depending on yeah. the season yeah you know i'm three ways so i think um you know there you, you don't want to buy one you've got to buy two sizes so you check the returns process, you check if it's easy, you don't want your money tied up. So there are other solutions that are, that are out there so that they don't tie yeah. your money up or it's returned. So, you know, you're always looking for a retailer that lets you order five things, lets you return three things, gets to you next day, 
gets you your money back the same day. You know, all of that is um, it's huge. And um, yeah, I think you then you then find because of the amount of places to buy, it's less about price. Everybody's selling it yeah. at the same price, right? If there's a sale over here within an hour, everyone's got it on sale or, or there's price match or whatever. You know, the buyers have become um, smart to that. It's about service. Yeah, yeah. And just to add to this is uh, um, I purchased something for myself, a piece of outerwear uh, for the wintertime, and I purchased it from a direct a, a, a premium direct to consumer brand. And one of the things that I recognize notice when I got the package in the mail and was looking at the invoice for the packing slip is that they did two things that I thought was very interesting. One is if your return is for a, 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 a size variance, there was no cost uh, for the return process. And another thing that they did, which I thought was interesting, is that they took their regular return period from 30 days, extended it to 90 days because the product uh, was purchased in the month of December. And so there are, there, are, there are small things retailers and brands can do to build that loyalty to also make the process easier for, uh, for their customers. Because I'm, 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 I'm guessing and assuming the reason why this brand uh, uh, pushed out the return period from 30 to 90 days was to provide a value to the customer, but also not impact their, re their reverse logistics by contracting the amount of time yeah. that uh, the customers have to return products of 30 days, which means their month of January, they may be inundated with returns and exchanges by allowing a little bit more flexibility probably helps them, uh, 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 deal with the inbound that comes back during uh, during return. So there are small things that you know the brands can do yeah. on top of the technology investments that can lead to that better experience, not only for their customers but also for their employees and for their business. Yeah, and maybe like me, you keep it knowing, thinking you'll fit into it in ninety days, you know, and actually you just <laughs> yeah, you just go out and run more and make sure that it, right. you don't have to send it back. That's, That's right. what most That's guys right. would do. You have three That's sizes right. of everything. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think technology um, helps improve that reverse logistic process mm -hmm. in the end, mm -hmm. which means you get a better experience and you and you shop elsewhere. Yeah. <clears throat> Although I do see a lot of retailers now using three PLs to do that. You know, certainly in the UK, more three PLs are having to provide these services it's a bit like 15 years ago do you do proof of delivery yeah i do okay five years ago do you do reverse logistics yeah i do now it's do you do same day reverse logistics you know how are you giving the money back to our customers how do we get visibility quicker so um you can see it all speeding up and, and improving the customer experience fantastic any any closing thoughts for you alex on kind of the future of of what this technology holds and what you know what the next three years might look like yeah we encourage our customers to have a vision for three years mm. but not get paralysis decision mm -hmm. paralysis by trying to do the big things first break it down into bite-sized chunks look at some areas where you can implement technology but you thought about how it could help the business later on as an example Zebra will do a product 
that is RFID ready and non RFID ready. We encourage our customers to take the RFID ready computer so that they can look later on down the line at those other products. So have a think about what you're doing. Make sure your decisions today have got tomorrow and the day after tomorrow um, involved in them. And don't try and do it all at once. Excellent. Well, let's, uh, let's bring this thing to a close. Um, Alex Whiting uh, from MyTech, again, thank you very much for, for joining me today. Uh, for those of you that are listening to this podcast, Alex will, will be back in a few weeks to talk a little bit more about RFID technology and how it can be used throughout a product's life cycle to maintain accountability and even support a circular economy model. So look forward to that conversation here in the next few weeks, Alex. Thank you again for joining the Industrial Automation Insider podcast. There are more episodes coming this year. If you are interested in getting on this podcast, and this is actually how Alex got on this podcast, is reach out to me on, on social media. I'm on LinkedIn uh, at Matt Van Bogart. You'll be able to find me. And if you have some interesting topics that you want to bring to this conversation to share with the world, please feel free to reach out and contact me. So Matt Van Bogart signing off from Zebra. Thank you very much.